seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 209 of Color of Magic, your magic gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Taquan Watson, and for 209 episodes, still got my main man riding shotgun, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? ED to or ED 209, I think was the the RoboCop thing. So, yep, that might have been it. Like, <laughs> I think so. There's a RoboCop video game coming out next month, but there are so many games coming out to where it's probably going to get lost in the shuffle. Why are we making a RoboCop game? Has there well, even I... been anything else referencing RoboCop? And like, geez, I don't even know the last thing I know of. Well, I mean, if you made a good, like, like uh, they, they made a Ghostbusters game during the time when they didn't have any Ghostbusters movies. Like, the property is still remembered fondly. So if you do a good RoboCop game, you got a shot. It's just, I don't know that i've ever even played a good robocop game so. well that's what i'm thinking like i like outside of the movies i don't know if i've consumed anything that i would consider quality product for robocop he was in uh one of the mortal combats and of course mortal combats are always good i think that's probably his best uh his best gaming appearance that i can think of <laughs> that's it's so definitely... sad the best thing you can name for him is being in somebody else's game <laughs> i don't be fair this mortal Kombat is a lot of people's you know best video game appearance probably because it's just a really good game most time I, yeah. I, I don't you know obviously every franchise has been around for 20 or 30 years has probably had a couple of episodes that went a little bit weird but when they, when they just think to the basically fight you know hey fighting and ripping each other's spines out those mortal combats sure. usually but, are. but i'm just thinking there's properties like you know predator or alien or whatever where there's been at least some decent things in between even among the bad things but like i can't think of a good robocop thing there was a they they redid the movie a few years ago but yeah it didn't really make yeah, it kind of that didn't really that. hit <laughs> like, i'm just, hopeful it's gonna be a good game but just there's been so much uh <laughs> So many attempts to just uh, miss the mark. Dude, I, I'm on the boat now of just, it's hard, man, on games. Like, I'm even looking out. The games I haven't played are the ones I have queued up. And I'm just like, I'm just, my free time's locked up. Also true. You know, like, there's just not an opportunity. Like, if I see something new, sometimes I kind of just go, eh, that's cool. But I know yeah. I'm never going to get around to it because I'm already behind. Hell, I still haven't watched the last two Star Wars series of stuff on, on uh, Disney Plus or whatever. Oh, I, I can imagine, because it's just, it's it's a great <laughs> great time to be a nerd, certainly. But yeah, we, my, my birthday is next month, and wife's already, of course, you know, a super shopper trying to figure out what I want. I'm like, I, I, I mean, I got to narrow it down, because there's 52 <laughs> really awesome things coming out between now and then. And, I mean, Dude, do probably... you remember the time where we used to get, like, maybe five to ten important releases in a year as a nerd and we were just excited about those and those got all the hype and it feels like now we might have five a month that oh, are big yeah you know and, I mean? and especially when it gets to be the the christmas time of the real i think big yeah. like in around march and april and then again the christmas season is just because you know you obviously got things like madden call of duty the decides to create if you're just a fan of the thing yeah they're gonna drop something for you every year yeah and they've gotten smart and moved some of that just to the summer so you yeah. got to come right off convention season where they're previewing stuff and then boom you're already into your pre-ordered stuff releasing it's like there's just no window anymore 
And then, of course, you know, anything that's a new property, which that, that reminds me of the game I was telling you about last month, uh, or not last month, last week, Lamplighters League, they unfortunately are already saying it's a failure because they can save God. It's crazy, by the way, how quickly they can call that, but I guess it's first week sales and they didn't have any, so they're already basically writing that off as a financial loss. It's just unfortunate. Man, but, I, but this, I mean, what are you going to do, though? Yeah. It's I mean, just that time of year where it's hard to, to break anything else in. Yeah, we, that's what we were talking about a, a, like a month or two ago of just where do you fit in with all. And not only that, these are releases that people are playing for hundreds of hours, right? These aren't releases that people are getting, playing for two weeks, completing the game and being done with it. Like these are games people are probably going to play for four to six months at a time in some cases. Like, I know if I, like, my campaigns in Baldur's Gate are going to be going at least till, at this point, probably April next year. Yeah. Because I'll be playing them sparingly where I can, right? So that's going to eat up a lot of time. So I maybe get room for one other game in there. And then when I'm traveling around, I might be playing uh, Marvel Snap on my phone or something. You know, but, like, it's not a lot. And like we talked about, if you're trying to play anything, you know, reasonably well or competitively, it's essentially like a full-time job. <laughs> well, yeah. So that game automatically eats up 20 hours a week from you. Yep. You know what I mean? So any yeah, card it's, it's game, some comes out and the meta game just switches seemingly overnight. And they go, oh, wait, now everybody's playing this thing. Of course, Marvel Snap will throw in the, hey, this week we're playing this random location that breaks everything. And it just... Yeah. And that's assuming, like, again, we're talking about card games. I could be. Magic, now Lorcana, Pokemon, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, One Piece, you know, whatever. There's like, so there's a whole spread of those that just eats up a ton of time. I right? logged into Dual Force for the first time in a couple of weeks. And I, somebody, I guess, is giving the money because they are cranking out all kinds of new content. That's good for them, though, honestly, because I, I was worried about that game. I'm, I was really thinking they might struggle. So the fact that they're already getting new content is good, at least. But yeah, before we get into everything else, Got to tell you about our sponsors over at CoolStuffInc.com. Great people over there. They have tons of nerd stuff. And more importantly, you can use code DRAGON to save 5% at checkout. That helps us out. That helps our sponsors. It helps us keep the lights on. You can get to save money and get something for yourself. Plus, they are just really cool people. I mean, they really do care. They show up to all the different events. They're checking in all the people that they sponsor. So, Go ahead and pay them some love over there. And more importantly, I want to bring up, if you're picking up singles for Magic stuff or whatever lately, or even Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever, they have a bunch of stuff on the site, you do get all your stuff in one order. That is the one benefit over ordering a lot of stuff on like TCG Player, where you get two things from this vendor and five things from this vendor, and then you're kind of waiting on the mail to show up over the course of like seven or eight days to get all your cards. This all comes in one order. You get it all in one place. And you can even trade cards into them to get some credit and then save yourself some more money. So check all that out over at coolstuffinc.com. And then you can go over to patreon.com slash color of magic and you can get a shout out just like Jens Horzog being a member over there for us. And we really appreciate that. And as always, you can go over to colormtg.com slash shop. All right, let's hop into this soapbox here because we have a few things to talk about today. Now, this one's this one's a little weird to talk about in some ways because I don't want this to be that I am completely, what's the word I'm looking for here? Maybe completely excusing everything going on 
from the production side, manufacturing side of Magic or whatever. That's that's not what this is about. But recently, Troll and Toad, who trollandtoad.com is the official website, has been around forever. And they have carried Magic for practically the entire life of Magic. And they have recently announced that they're going to discontinue carrying Magic. That led to a whole storm of stuff on Facebook and on Twitter from people just, oh my God, this is it. The sky is falling. This is the canary in the coal mine. This is the harbinger of doom. It's like, not really. Not really. Now, don't get me wrong. And this is why I gave that, I kind of prefaced this whole thing with a little warning. But there are other things we could point to that are problematic right now. This is not one of them. Being real about it. If anything, this just means that like the money's not super easy, so they're giving up on it. But the site has not been relevant in the magic community for, I don't think I'd be wrong to say over a decade at this point. And if you ask most players, and, and this came up in a lot of different threads, like if you saw people talking about it, if you read through them, there were so many people that said, well, well, I didn't work with them because I had this problem with them one time, or their prices were too high, or they didn't give enough credit on cards. or whatever. So their business model for handling magic was not great. But most people hadn't even heard of them. That's why they're closing. Yeah. right? Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's not, oh, Wizards did this thing and they have to close their door. See, magic's dying. Like, no, like many stores are around for a very long time and eventually go away. That doesn't mean the different things they carry magically had bad management or whatever. They just ran a bad business a lot of times. Health. Magic's been great before, and a bunch of stores and websites have closed. Didn't mean magic was terrible, just meant their businesses weren't profitable, so they're moving on for a variety of reasons. This is the same thing. Like, people genuinely have not heard of trollandtoad.com. They did not know anything about it, don't know what they do. And the truth is, for the longest time, they've been making money off what we would call third-tier games or tertiary games, right? Like, if you needed to trade in some hero clicks or some Dragon Ball Z cards or whatever, they were a site you could trade stuff into. And that's kind of the only... Like, hell, to be honest, the only time I used Troll and Toad is when I would buy collections of Magic stuff and they also collected other things and I randomly just took it all as part of the deal... Maybe I can make an extra hundred bucks or bucks, like going through some extra stuff and selling it to Troll and Toad. But I didn't, outside of that, I hadn't even done business with them and I knew they existed for years. And they haven't even, to my knowledge, I can't think of a, the last time I saw them at a event, Magic Con, trade show, whatever, in a very long time. And we've seen tons of new companies coming out and participating. And obviously the mainstays where you're talking about Cool Stuff Inc., Star City, uh, Card Kingdom, you know what? Hell, Card Kingdom used to not even go to shows, and they've been showing up to stuff recently, right? So to say that Troll and Toad going away is the 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 first domino to fall, it's not. Now, if you're telling me, like, TCG Player quits carrying Magic, or Cool Stuff Inc., or Star City, or Card Kingdom, or whatever, any of the big ones... Then I'd be like, okay, now, now we're starting to see a real issue. You know, that's related and, and it's that love, like that would be a concern of, okay, now things have gotten bad. You know what I mean? But this, this is not it. And I, and I think for our patrons, so I don't linger on this for like 15 minutes or whatever. 
I'm going to record another thing. So if you are a, a member on our Patreon, you'll get access to this. But there's even more here I can talk about as far as like the history of the company, the management, the mindset of the new managers or owners, I should say. There's a lot behind it that leads to this even happening that honestly has almost nothing to do with magic. But it wasn't worth making a typing all day to make a giant post on Twitter or whatever. I'll just give a reward to our patrons if they want to hear it. So I'll do a deep dive on that. You should have that hopefully by, uh, if not Thursday afternoon, sometime by midday Friday. And I just want to get that out because this is another case where like, I've seen the whole history. I know people who've worked for them and everything. And like, it's just, none of it is what people want to make it out to be. But like all things, oftentimes perception is better or is greater than reality for a lot of folks. And they see this and they want it to fit a narrative. But if you look through all the comments on several sites where people talked about it, at the end of the day, they were either viewed negatively in the magic community by a lot of people or people just didn't know who they were. That alone is going to get your door shut or at least get you to quit carrying a certain product because you have no breakthrough, no foothold. You have no real percentage of the marketplace there. So just not worth buying, selling, trading anymore. And for them, it's the right decision. If you just have nobody in that space who's doing business with you, then yeah, it's time to move on. Make yourself more liquid. Get And I'll be honest, I bet if you go look on their site in probably the next 60, 90 days, they're probably cutting multiple things. Because they have a lot of, and honestly, they've cut things multiple times before because they deal in, a lot again, a lot of tertiary products that just lose popularity pretty quickly. So they bank on them, they get their money, and then they flame out or the line gets discontinued, game goes away, whatever. They slowly get rid of it, and then it's the next thing that comes along. That's just what I've seen happen with their business for a while. But anyway, that's it. I just wanted to get that out the way. I'm passing over to you. You know, uh, it's not a secret that America is involved in a lot of military exercises, even when we're not officially at war with anybody. We're uh, pretty much constantly at war, but I don't think I'm uh, breaking any news when I'm saying we don't always do the best job of taking care of our veterans when they come back home. And making that even worse, this probably won't shock you either, but Black veterans are less likely to get benefits or to get approved for benefits when they apply than their white counterparts. This is, you know, you could just... You could put black people are less likely to get, you know, scholarships when they apply for them in college. Black people are less likely to get uh, to, to get aid when they apply for, you know, farm aid, for example. This is just a, another case where uh, people people of color who need help and have earned it. You know, they've gone out there and fought in the same wars. In many cases, they're actually more likely to get PTSD because, OK, you go over there, you fight, you in theory think you're going to come back and have a better life and know everything, all the racism and things that made it hard to be a person of color when before you left are still there. You know well, what? I just, if, if you'd have put oh, this in, in what did you learn? I would have laughed at you because like we knew this was a thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough though. You're absolutely right. Like this is one of those things. And even race aside, and not to get too political, but like I've always felt that if you're ever going to tell me we need to give more money to the military, at least show me how much goes to the veterans and taking care of them first. Exactly. 
And I would probably agree to that every single time. But until you're willing to do that and we see them getting taken care of, I'm always voting against it. We got so many tanks, so many planes. We got planes we're spending millions of dollars on that are obsolete the second they leave the runway. But we often just forget to take care of our veterans who, again, without... Yeah, AI, we're not fighting AI wars yet. (laughs) That may happen one day, but right now we still need human beings to man the tanks, fly the planes, and and do so many of the jobs in warfare that need to be done. So God forbid. I can't can't tell you the number, especially when I was back in Texas, the number of just problems vets were dealing with that I would play with, like old guys at poker tables. And it, I mean, the stories and the issues they were dealing with, like it, it's just a mess. Like I credit to them for going through it and dealing with it. But yeah, we, we need to do better in that department for sure. And you know, it, it doesn't become just them. You know, if you need mental help and you don't get it, that affects your family, that affects your friends, it affects your community because it's going to affect your ability to hold a job. So, so many vets are among our homeless pot, which is almost a whole different subject. But really, when you start pulling at the problems in our infrastructure, that, that so much of it is connected. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that and that's the case for a lot of things that I don't think we talk about as a whole. Like every level of your community, once people start being affected, it bleeds out to other things. And it's easy to not see that. But the minute you start putting any thought into it, you go, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Right. It, everything's connected in, in some way. I guess the best news here is that the government does realize they've been doing this and they are you now. It, it wasn't necessarily a random thing. There's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of reporting in the media. Heck, a lot of people just going to their social medias and explaining, hey, you know, my dad, my dad needs help. He needs a wheelchair. He needs therapy. And the government just isn't, won't talk to him. So it, it, sadly, in a lot of cases, the government has had to be shamed into doing something. But at least the the, the, the VA has, has said, yes, we are aware there are problems. We are aware there's a huge disparity and we are, are trying to get it close. Well, dude, I mean, we saw what happened just a few months ago with John Stewart having to literally guilt Congress into signing a thing, you yeah. know? So yeah, just sad. It's, we we're always ready to jump into war, but not nearly as ready to take care of veterans when they come back home and, and again, need what they've earned. Yeah. Speaking of earnings, a little birdie told me you have an interesting story to share about some stuff that we recently discussed on a show. So what do you got for us? Yeah, uh, John Ricciatiello, former uh, EA executive, I guess now I can say former Unity executive, came under fire for uh, increasing some of their fees to ridiculous points. And apparently he's going to go ahead and take that big fat retirement package. <laughs> I'm sure he was, I'm guessing he wasn't, uh, He's not jumping. He was pushed because all the, the backlash for that. There was really nobody that could find anything positive to say about it. Unless, of course, you maybe we're going to get one of those payouts. So it's, you know, what? first thing I hate and we see it all the time in companies, not just gaming companies, but like you can make the most awful decision. You could grind the company in the ground. Hell, you could put them in a position that they have to cut like 5000 jobs or whatever. But yet you still get to leave with like a $10 million bonus. 
or you get to leave with stock options as part of your like it's just that's always frustrating but this dude brought i mean dude we we talked about all the people like literally tens of thousands of companies that are coming out being mad at unity for this announcement and the dude so gets to leave a multimillionaire. it's uh you know it's, it's good to be a ceo with a golden parachute I love some of the headlines are like Unity announces leadership transition. That is the most it says tells you nothing about what happened, which again, that's you know, PR person's job to put the most positive spin on a thing. I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> right? It's definitely correct. It just doesn't tell you the entire story. But in some cases, that's kind of what PR is, is getting in front of the story. Yeah, that's just uh that's terrible. That's terrible. But you know what? Good. He does deserve to be booted out. Like, you you can't... Like, he made an announcement that effectively was going to affect the entire video game industry, basically. With the market share that they had. Like, it, that's just crazy. Because it would have been way easier to be like, you know what? Because we're so popular and, you know, whatever excuse you want to make. Like, we are hiring new developers. We got to make more server space. Whatever. We're going to have to increase our prices 5%. Or 10% or whatever. People would have been bothered by it. But like, you know what? We'll pay it. Whatever. It's fine. You end up getting an extra, who knows, probably a couple thousand dollars per company that uses your thing. Great. But when you're trying to charge people for every download, come on, bro. And now I'm I'm digging into his uh, little golden parachute, for lack of a better term. Uh, He will continue to draw his base salary, which is almost $400,000, through April 9th. He'll cash out about $1.2 million in stock options. Man, when's the level job? Wait, how much a month? Well, April? Let's see. Well, $400,000 a year. Well, $380,000. I just rounded up to $400,000. So, yeah, what's that? I've not prepared to do any math, but yeah, 12. He's doing over 30K a month. To, to almost, I won't say almost bankrupt the company because they got a stupid amount of money, but to to create backlash and negative publicity that won't go away. Because again, this is, I think it's announced what two or three weeks ago, and we're still the dude is going to get talking. paid the equivalent of a decent new car every month between now and April. They said, right? Yep. Like that's crazy. And then on November twenty fifth, he'll get forty one thousand shares. And assuming the stock still stays around thirty dollars, which you know, even after even after his gouging, it's still been around consistent at about thirty dollars. So yeah, one point two million dollars for screwing everything up. No, and here's the thing: he might make more than that because whoever comes behind him cleans up his mess, gets a positive PR between now right. and let's say January. So it might go up to $35, $40 between now and then. So he screwed up, is going to get to leave, get that money, and then possibly make more money. And he already holds almost $300 million worth of shares. So, yeah, man, should have went to school to be a CEO. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so, man. Uh, well, and they ran and they ran him out of EA. So this is <laughs> this is at least the second company that he's almost driven off a cliff, and he I'm sure he cashed out a bunch over there. Well, I have some easy segues today because I'm going to talk about something else that almost got driven into the ground, and that's Toys R Us. Now, if you remember, 
there was a crazy buyout on Toys R Us, I believe sometime between early 2017 into 2018. But the new management basically did this type of thing that happened to a lot of companies that were struggling. Somebody buys in, they over leverage it. They get a bunch of orders against it. They take out bids against stuff on on different stocks and whatever. It's a crazy shell game, basically. But basically banking on the business not working out, and they're going to make their money either way. Because either it succeeds, you keep the business, you make a bunch of money, or it fails, and you're still going to make money. That led to a bunch of Toys R Us closing. Which I don't even know why we allow this to happen, but whatever. Well, what people aren't aware of is they didn't completely go away. During this time, between 2018 and now, they actually ended up with like 450, I believe is the number I saw, stores inside of Macy's. So they had kind of mini shops inside of these Macy's department stores. Well, those apparently have gone really well. To the point that I believe between now and early 2024, they're starting to add them to airports and cruise ships. You're going to have some Toys R Us shops opening up. And then I believe they've picked, I'd have to go back and look the number. I believe it was 50 locations that they will be opening up flagship Toys R Us stores again. So we literally went from, man, end of an era, sucks they're driving in the ground and they're actually, we're starting to make a little bit of money to, we might actually be able to shop at uh, 24 flagship stores is what it says. So like we might be able to shop at Toys R Us again at the end of 2024. Like that's kind of wild. Cause I think we'd all accepted that. that was the last we were going to see of that giraffe. He was done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we were all yeah. like, we were all mourning it online. Like, Oh, I remember being a kid or seeing the commercials and blah, blah. And, now Toys R Us might still be a thing. Here, actually, kind of related to the Troll and Toad thing. You could almost say the same thing about Toy. Toys R Us went away. I guess that's it for all these toy companies. They're gonna die. like no, like same thing. But here, Toys R Us gonna be back in 2024. Gonna be pushing out a bunch of stuff, opening up these flagship stores. Apparently, looking to expand also into a few more department stores. While also doing the uh, cruise ships and whatnot. But of course, that said, when was the last time you walked into a brick and mortar toy store for Christmas or any time you wanted to buy toys Believe for somebody? Not, I actually do that usually once during the Christmas season. You know, either during November or December, I'll just do a walkthrough of the mall and I'll, you know, just get some gifts for a few folks walking through there. So I've definitely done it at least. Okay. I'm I'm it, it, not a lot. I'm gonna say probably once or twice a year, particularly. Yeah, I was gonna say, time. and you still have a ball, which isn't a thing, you know. <laughs> oh, dude, we, got, we got several. Oh wow, that's okay. and they're nice. Like there's a really big one uh, about 20 minutes north of me. There's another one that's like an outlet mall that's got a bunch of stuff in it, and then there's like a small, I guess you'd call it a like a local-ish mall that maybe has like I don't know 30 stores in it or something. So, yeah, we have, we have a variety still up here. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's it's wild. But man, I was I was surprised by that news cuz I'd heard some rumblings that like they were trying to make a comeback or whatever, but I didn't know they'd even been operational this whole time. So, it was kind of a cool little story to dive into, but yeah, I remember hearing I think uh first partnership I want to say was with Macy's and yep. then they just kind of kept, you know, that, that, that's, I guess, the first step is to not go completely away. 
Because everybody, you know, exactly they, they, they people saw how much, you know, how much uh, commentary there was on social media, everybody talking about their childhood. And I mean, nostalgia is a powerful drug. So, you know, people really, hey, this, this brand still has a little sub to it. Let's help them out. Yeah. And it says they have one flagship store that already exists, I guess, was their test store that they set up in 2022 in the New Jersey American Dream Mall. And it is 20,000 square feet. So it's a real store. So, yeah, I mean, round of applause, I guess, for for Toys R Us for like hanging on and making a comeback. Because usually when you hear about these companies closing, we almost don't ever hear from them again. Or they're just in very small pockets, right? They're doing the what the Orange Julius thing or whatever, right? Like, we know they're still there and you'll see them every once in a while. But like, that's all you really see of them. Yeah. Like. But Toys R Us trying to make a full comeback like that. That's just cool news. But let's get into some other interesting stuff. So Ixalan previews have started, which people are excited about. No surprise. I can't say officially started, but we've seen some Ixalan cards that have been previewed. And of course, all the Doctor Who set has now been previewed and people are giddy about that for a lot of different reasons. But. The end result of what we're getting in the products is a little bit odd. Now, they're going to have the four, I believe it is, Commander decks. And nothing wrong with that. They will have all the cards available in that set will be between those four decks. So that's good. You buy the four Commander decks, you get your stuff. So I don't know, go out, spend $150, $200, whatever, get your decks. You have a full set of cards. Awesome. Honestly, it'd be awesome if we could buy more things that way, realistically. Spend this much, you know you're guaranteed to get one of everything. But then there's the collector's boosters. And I remember when these came out, or at least when we saw the initial SKU offerings and we saw the picture, it was kind of like, if we're getting all the cards in the decks, then what are in the commander or the collector's boosters? Turns out, basically every card, and I don't think every single one, but basically everyone has like five or six versions. With alternate art, some have the TARDIS frame, some have special foiling. You know, there's just a bunch of different stuff. Only way to get those is going to be in the collector's boosters. So you get all the regular ones in the commander decks. And then if you want a surge foil of something, you have to hope to get one out of the collector's booster. The crazy thing is, though, if you do the math and look at the card numbers... It's like 1,100 different cards because everything has lots of different versions. And I don't really know why, honestly. Because, one, a lot of the cards just don't need multiple versions. Now, maybe this set could be different because super fans will want the random common or uncommon that has their favorite episode depicted or the favorite, I don't know like character that appeared in one episode that they really like, they can get a special foil version. I'm not a super fan, so I can't speak to that, but okay. Maybe some people, right. But it's still a weird thing to have that many skews and have a product just for that. Like I almost would have rather have seen something cool where I don't know, some number of the decks or some number of cards in each deck happen to be foil or have a weird frame and, and admittedly, that'd be probably harder to print and produce, so it wouldn't make sense to do. But where you could just get random inserts, that would be rare in each deck. And maybe each deck came with five or six. And maybe they're not even 
in the decks, they just get a little foil pack that comes with it. You get a bunch of different versions or something. That would have felt better than having to have a whole separate skew for, I don't know, the extra 800, 900 cards or whatever that is. Because that, that just feels weird. And I'm not really sure who's going to buy it. Because I would expect most people to just go out buy the decks and say, okay, cool, I can just get everything. And then you're probably, if you even if you are a super fan... I don't think you'd want to go buy a collector's booster to get two cards in a certain frame or foil or whatever when you could just go guarantee to spend, I don't know, let's say it's the rare ones or whatever. You can go spend $50 or 100 bucks or and guarantee you get those two things you want. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how you feel about it, dude, but like it just doesn't it's a it's a weird product for me. I mean, I think maybe they're trying something, and I guess they'll have some data after this that determines whether whether you're right or not. And then I guess if they don't sell any of the collector's boosters, they they won't do that again. And then obviously, if uh, if for some reason, they, and I'm like you, I can't think of specifically why you would buy those instead of the, the starter decks. But I guess somebody yeah. somewhere that. <laughs> Somebody somewhere that gets paid more than me and knows more about Magic than me decided they should do it this way, and we'll see if they were right. I mean, I will say, they do have serialized cards, at least. So those are still expensive in chase cards. And I imagine if you get one that's got one of the most popular characters or episodes depicted and it's a serialized card, then that's probably going to be worth a ton. So, I mean, we can play the lottery, I guess. That's, that's always a thing. But yeah, it just I don't know. Like and I and again, I'm usually the guy that says, "Hey, at least you're trying something," right? I'm usually in your boat of sometimes we don't know till we know. But this, I feel like I don't I don't know what we're really doing here. And I and again, I could be completely wrong here. Again, maybe super fans are into it and there's some collectors of Doctor Who stuff that just want to have every rare version of everything and somebody's going to go buy like five boxes of collector's boosters to try to get the complete the complete complete set i guess i don't know what we call that like the ultra complete set but yeah somebody it's probably someone out there it'd be interesting to see how much they sell because again this kind of matters because you already are starting to get people hyped about ixalan right and ixalan's one of those sets that has appeal to a lot of people as far as having a lot of popular creature types in it right the vampires and the merfolk and the the uh the dinosaurs or whatever right so a lot of people who might also be interested in some of the stuff from doctor who are going to look and go ah you know but i kind of want some more vampires for my deck or i kind of want to get the thing that's going to have all the new dinosaurs so they're not even going to be looking at anything beyond the decks i would think so yeah i don't know but this is also one of those weird things right this comes back to Let's say they don't sell a lot of the collector's boosters. Then at some point in the future, every collector booster box is going to be worth something because there's just not going to be any on the market. Or the singles from within could end up being worth a ton because any random surge foil or TARDIS frame or whatever, there may only be a few thousand of them out in the world because a bunch of these boxes didn't get open. So then that's the whole other weird thing, right? Like, do you buy one just to see? <laughs> right like and and see what happens a year from now or whatever so yeah i don't know this this is a weird product i'm just mostly bringing it up because it's such a unique situation and a weird spot to be in product wise that i don't really know what's going on 
But while we're on the subject of Commander, let's talk about kind of the discourse of the day. I've seen a few people going back and forth, some people being important folks in, in the Magic or even Commander communities, some just people spouting their opinion. But it's kind of come down to my community is more welcoming than your community, <laughs> which in turn kind of makes each of them not look as welcoming, which is funny. But it's basically, and I th and I think it kind of started as best I can tell from some people saying, hey, we just had a com competitive commander thing over the weekend and it was really fun and we had these positive experiences and everybody's welcoming and nice and friendly. And there were some people kind of chiming in on that. And, but then at some point it became, see, this is exactly what we were trying to tell y'all. We're more welcoming and you should come play competitive commander. And then other people were defending the casual stuff. And then it kind of became, well, these things are different than tournament play. And then people were defending the tournament play. And it almost feels like we just went full circle. And we're just back to square one all over again and people just arguing. And I, I don't know what's even happening. Because truthfully, we should all be trying to be more welcoming. It shouldn't be a contest of like, we're nicer <laughs> than you are. Like if we think we aren't, or we feel we need to defend our position, then just do something to make it more welcoming. Whether that's you helping somebody build decks or helping somebody get cards they need or running an event that's more inclusive or whatever. That's all you got to do and just do your part. It eventually will take care of itself. But like just arguing over it online is... I don't know, man. So I feel like I like to talk, obviously. I like to get into discussions on all kinds of things. But there are a ton of times on social media where I just go, yeah, my opinion is not really needed here. Or like, <laughs> I don't have time for this today, you know. But to watch people just literally respond six, seven, eight times on some of these threads is just, what are we even doing? And the reality is at the end of the day, Everybody can play Magic the way they want to. They can play Commander the way they want to. It's weird to even, when I tell people, like this happened at, at the most recent MagicCon. I was going to play a casual game of Commander, one of the few games I got to play over the weekend. And somebody asked me what type of Magic I was going to play or what type of decks I had. And I told them, oh man, I don't have anything that's competitive. So if that's your jam, I'm, I'm just, I got nothing. And they're like, oh, so I see you hate competitive commander too and i'm like i never said that i just said i don't have a competitive commander deck like why does me not playing a thing mean that i have to hate it like what are why are we like this as people like me not liking something doesn't mean it's trash the same way that me liking something doesn't mean it's great hate 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 exactly we got we got to take them to the haters ball because man because but i think this applies to everything though right like Okay, like, I'm sure, Brian, you have some movie that you know is kind of garbage, but you like it. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Movie, t TV show, everything is probably some comic book story. That, like, you would need a translator to explain this to anybody that did read the comic book. Oh, sure, sure. And I think that's the thing. Like, it's weird to see people go like, oh, well, when I don't like it, it's garbage. Secret layers are a good example where people or even even universes beyond as just a project people are like, ah, i don't want i don't know street fighter in my magic i don't want godzilla in my magic but then it was oh wait hold up doctor who let's talk 
<laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, this is great, but all the other stuff was trash. And it's like, come on, man, what are we doing? Like, I just watching people argue over this just feels so weird. It's like, yeah, let people enjoy what they enjoy. Honestly, I thought it was great that they had a big commander event. It was competitive. They ran a tournament. One of the, actually, I think one of the guys that's in the Magic Ambassador program even won the thing. So that was good for everybody, right? You have a, a winner that you know you can trust to be a positive bit of the community and talk about it or whatever. That's a win for everyone involved as far as I'm concerned. I was literally just not even going to think twice about it and be like, man, awesome that your event went off. Awesome. Everybody liked the prizes. I heard no complaints coming out of the event. Sounds awesome. And then this week, it was just a bunch of people arguing over like, see, we told you we were friendly and awesome or whatever. And it's just like, all right. So all that went out the window. We don't take kindly to folks who don't take kindly around here. That's exactly what it was, though. I was like, why are we doing this? It's just completely. And again, some of my personal frustration with it comes from people will spend endless hours arguing this type of stuff. But when there's a real issue. At best, they might just hit the like button and move on. You know, it's just like, yeah, I can't even get invested in this. Somebody tried to get me to and like, what's your opinion on the discourse? Like, you just have to listen to the podcast because I ain't wasting time on this. Like, that's that's just crazy. But anyway, let's move on to some other things. Just a quick note that there are Command Fests happening this weekend alongside the Retro Game Fest. If you're going to be in Portland, so you have two options in Portland. Uh, the others are kind of scattered out and about if you want to catch some Command Fest, but mostly just putting that on people's radar. The real thing we want to talk about, though, that's very interesting is GameStop named a new CEO. Now, we've talked about it before. GameStop's an OG, so we're pulling yeah. for them. You know, we're, we're hoping they can get back to at least some form of their former self. Nothing's going to be the same. I'm going to watch Dumb Money at some point. It looks interesting. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the preview for that. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of interested. <laughs> and it's weird because I think it's it's a good example of if you approach a topic at the right time, there definitely is more interest. Because I think if they made it waited to do this movie even two more years from now, I probably wouldn't care as much. But I think because they're getting it out close enough to the actual thing, yeah, the actual like series of events that happen, I'm kind of still interested. And then this news came out. So the new CEO is Ryan Cohen. Now, you may not know who this person is, but the first thing to note is that he apparently owns somewhere around 12% worth of stock in the company. To the point that I believe some people have referred to him as the meme investor. Because he was, during the pandemic, I guess, buying some of these meme stocks and investing in things that were all of the uh, internet dude bros and stuff were getting involved in or whatever. Gotta be a lot of people made a lot of money on those. Oh, sure. I'm I'm a little sad I didn't bother because I, I definitely could have made a lot with the way things were going. But he's also going to take no pay the way I understood this announcement. Which... In and of itself, doesn't greatly matter because one, he's already worth a pile of money, and two, yeah. if you own more than ten percent of the company, if stocks go up at all, you're also making a pile of money. So whatever. But the interesting note about this guy is, I think he's still under investigation by the SEC right now for some stuff he did with Bed Bath and Beyond. So this dude 
supposedly got invested in a bunch of stock. They had a little bit of a, a rally, sold a bunch off ahead of some news coming out, which then got the SEC going, is this some intrader trading stuff happening here? And that kind of got some attention. And that investigation, I believe, was in September. So I believe he's still under investigation because we know they don't move fast on a lot of things. So GameStop, to somehow solve their problem, hired a person who has a history of being questionable with how they operate other businesses, is under investigation from the SEC right now. And far as I can tell, didn't really have an interest in GameStop until all this other stuff went down. So I don't know what this means for them. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of places, allegations of insider trading, you know, might take you off of the short list. But when the company is already circling the drain. Yeah. I think at this point, they're just looking for anybody who might stand a chance of then. And and by the same token, there's a lot of CEOs that aren't going to want to take on a job where the company is, you know, one foot in the grave and the other one on a on a Super Mario Kart banana peel. You know, I'm kind of wondering if you could have taken somebody that is a traditional gaming nerd or played a lot of video games or, or you know, maybe one of the, your longtime GameStop membership holders or whatever that maybe has a business degree or has been upper management or even C-suite at some other company and hire those people and see what you could get, right? Because it all, like, again, you're, you're I'm with you. You're already on the way out, possibly. I mean, we keep saying about a GameStop. We're always like, oh, no, maybe they got 12 more months, and then here they are still around this Christmas or whatever. But would you not at least take a chance on somebody who has seen the evolution of your business and your culture and been part of it? right versus somebody else just businessman of the moment because it feels like that would make more sense and maybe it's just a crazy idea really but it feels like that'd be as good as anything else they've tried because it almost feels like they keep cycling people through with all these crazy ideas but they don't seem to appeal to gamers for the most part or to their existing customer base so it feels very awkward and it's just like just get gamers and see what they can do. You know what I mean? Like, why not? What, what's going to go wrong at this point? Can, not can, you find, can you find a gamer that isn't already convinced they're circling the drain? Because again, you know, how, like, like I'll ask you about toys. When's the last time you purchased a physical copy of a video game? Oh, I know that hasn't happened in a while. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you, you'd have to but, find somebody that... I guess is like you said, a gamer has his business credentials, but is convinced that this model is sustainable. And I don't, I don't know, know who that person is. It could also be about just taking the business in a new direction that makes sense within the game community, whether that's, I don't know, organizing new events or being some other structured thing for some access to like game codes or whatever. Like there's a bunch of different things you could probably try that aren't physical games. Maybe you're you're the person who gets all, I mean, your company becomes the outlet for all the best hardware for games or whatever, or controllers or who knows what, right? But, and hell, maybe it's not all just video games because they've been experimenting even with that. With Yeah, they definitely are selling a lot more t-shirts, board games, and I guess from the, the looks of them constantly switching CEOs, I guess that's not working either. 
Yeah, but that's also the problem, too, is most of these programs seem like they don't even get more than four to five months to even run their course. I mean, it's the one or two GameStops I do see. It feels like there's just something different or a different look all the time. So I don't even know what GameStops near me have anymore, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like there's there's got to be some other plan other than just like, let's keep rotating these different. I don't know what to say has been CEOs. That's not fair to them. But, you know, recycling CEOs that other people have had or other C-suite folks. And like, this will be the one that saves the business. It's like, why? Just because they've been a CEO somewhere else. Like, if they're not part of your community and your culture and whatever, they're just going to know less about it than everybody else. Like, sure, you can hire some people under them or they can do some research. But at this point, try something different. Because I just feel that way about so many things. Like We've said it before, even about people that are, you know, it's like those people that stream forever, but never see more than three to five people on their stream. And they've done it for three, four years. and They've done the same thing. And it's like, if it's not working and you keep doing the same thing, what makes you think that this time is going to be different? Right. You're like, oh, well, I switched games. So now more people will watch. It's like, but everything else is exactly the same. Like, what makes you think it's going to be different? I feel like the same thing here. You're just cycling another dude through, though this dude comes with some other extra baggage. But and maybe that's it. Maybe they need to, you know, basically cheat. <laughs> they decided, like, we can't we can't do this honestly. We need some insider trading. I mean, and, I mean I hadn't thought about that angle. Maybe that's part of it too. It's like, hey, that, maybe we need a guy that's gonna play a little shady. <laughs> you don't need a criminal lawyer. You need a criminal lawyer. <laughs> maybe. I mean, it could be exactly that. I don't know. It just feels weird. I just feel like if I was in their situation, let's shake it up and really try something different. Because whatever they're doing for the last hell, six years or so just ain't working. But yeah, let's talk about Cardsphere, because this is something I didn't think we'd be talking about this week. So I think, uh, what was it, about three weeks ago, maybe, we mentioned the news that Cardsphere was announcing they were closing. Well, they're not closing. And this isn't a, like, hey, they pulled the wool over everybody's eyes, you know, whatever. This is apparently, according to their words, they had way more interest in the company once they announced they were closing, like from other entities, like trying to buy them. And they have what sounds like they have agreed to a deal or an arrangement and they will be open indefinitely. We've just been told that the new potential buyer is somebody that's a major player in the industry. Don't know who it is. They've given no clues whatsoever. So it could be anyone. Spoiler alert, it's GameStop. No, it's not. (laughs) Dude, that would be hilarious. I'm not even going to lie. Like, that would be funny as hell. But, yeah. They said still original date of November 1st. They're going to try to do the changeover. They did say that at least two people from their current crew will stay on, help train some of the new folks in the new company and get everybody up to speed. But other than that, we don't really know anything. They did say from the time of their announcement, it'd be a couple of weeks and then they would let us know. Partly, I think, to also keep the new buyers from getting bombarded with a bunch of stuff till they're all set, which is totally fair. That's a good professional thing to do. But yeah, so I don't even know. I'm not even going to speculate on who it is because it could be multiple companies for a bunch of different right. reasons. So I don't even want to get into trying to guess who it is. 
But more, I'm fairly sure it's not GameStop. I just had to go there after. Or but hey, we did say they need to try something new. So I don't we know. Did, they did say that. But but yeah, uh, I look at it, and I could see a world where whoever the new prospective buyers are, probably keep on staff. I say staff. There was only three of them, and two of them are staying around the train. But I could see a world where they even just pay them and just keep them on regularly. That. They already know everything about the infrastructure, exactly. problems, whatever. And that would make sense, too. So, I mean, if so, great for them. They You get your buyout money and maybe you get a, another career and you get to stay involved with the websites. That would be cool. But, yeah, this is kind of interesting news. I'm kind of looking forward to it because, again, they're great dudes. They've been super friendly. They were nice to us. You know, they've been supporting all the right people. So I, I'm here for this, that. I, what I also like about this too is it doesn't feel like somebody's just trying to bail them out, right? This is somebody who says, "Hey, we actually like the website and what you were doing, and we have more resources." Because that was the thing that was part of the announcement is there's just things on the site they've had to let go over time because with three people trying to keep up with everything, they just didn't have either the money or the manpower to put behind it. Now you're going to have somebody that can, so the site can get elevated along with keeping kind of their vision going, which is pretty cool. I'm I'm all about it, man. This was good news. <laughs> like, we don't always right. get positive news, but this was definitely there. So, yeah. I think we'll come back and talk about it in a couple of weeks whenever we find out who the new owners are. But, yeah, this was a, this was a nice note. I, it's some good things happening to good people, and I'm all for that. So I, I hope they make a good chunk of change. And I have no idea what that would sell for, but you know, as well as I do that, you know, already building an infrastructure, having access to information. Exactly. That that all has a, a decent price tag on it. They did say though, that they are honoring the agreement to not give information to the new buyers. If you do not want that information going to another group of people. So anybody who shuts down their account between now and the closing date, they are going to make sure that all that information attached to the closed accounts goes away with them. So that was also a nice little thing that they announced. They're just like, hey, maybe you don't like the new company or ownership or whatever. Maybe you have some reason you trusted Cardsphere more than somebody else. Your information will not go any further. And that's actually kind of cool because I don't think I've seen that before from a lot of companies. Right. A lot of times it's just... Well, they're buying everything, so they get access to all of our records and whatever. Here you go. And it just kind of moves on to the new people. So that that was a cool little bonus uh, from their side, too. Just a, a nice little touch that they added on there. But, yeah, I'm hoping for good things for them. I, I hope they make a lot of money on it. And, honestly, I hope whoever the new buyers are, somebody that we already like and want to do business right. with. Because they're, they're really cool folks over there. But let's get into some dinner table discussion because there's been a lot of fans being a lot of idiots lately. And mo you know what? You know where this most recently popped up? I mean, we're kind of talking about that a little bit with the whole commander casual EDH thing, right? Yeah. But as wrestling fans, we just had a crazy night of wrestling on Tuesday where AEW's Dynamite, which normally comes on on Wednesday, decided it was going to air on Tuesday. And I don't know why, except for maybe because of a, maybe there was a baseball playoff game they were going to have to move for or something. 
Otherwise, I don't really know what would have caused them to move to Tuesday. But they put on a crazy big show because they were moving and they were going to go to head-to-head with WWE's NXT show. So then WWE was like, all right, you're going to play like that? We're going to put some hitters on our show. So they had like Undertaker, John Cena, Asuka. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, Cody, yeah, they just loaded it. I mean, it was like five or six big names appeared throughout the day, throughout the night. So that was cool. And instead of celebrating that, hey, we got two awesome shows with a lot of wrestling, where I think the final numbers were something like 1.6 million people watched wrestling on a Tuesday night with all the playoff baseball and everything else going on. They were like, oh, well, this show was better, or, or your show sucked, or blah, blah. And I'm like, who? they're not paying you. Like, let people enjoy what they enjoy. It was two fun shows. Who cares? Like, this is like, well, Star Trek's better than Star Wars. And I, and I will say also, you gotta, you gotta, you do have to take note of the people who are getting paid, people who are creating content, and you gotta take what they're saying with a grain of salt yeah. because they yeah. benefit from, they, they benefit from turning us on each other. But the silly thing is, in most of these levels of discourse, people that are involved and in being paid by one of the entities you support are fans of the other thing anyway. <laughs> like, literally, there are people that have been on Star Trek that are Star Wars fans and vice versa. There are currently WWE wrestlers that are fans of AEW wrestling. Hell, some of them are married to people. Yeah, I was about to say that. (laughs) Obviously, they don't hate it. So it's like, what are we arguing about? And competition is better. We, We should all be happy that after 30 some odd years, there's actually competition in pro wrestling again. Yes. Well, even among Magic, it's just like I was saying, like if the competitive commander players are finding a group and a niche and they're getting traction and people are enjoying that, great. That's another way for people to enjoy Magic. It doesn't matter that I don't play it. Let them enjoy it. The same way that I don't play a pile of other formats. Great. More be- Hell, we all benefit from more stuff being played because then more stores, more tournament organizers, more players are getting more money and winning more prizes. And your cards are worth more because more people are using them in different things. So why even talk down against anything? It makes no sense. Like, we should want more people enjoying the things we enjoy more ways. Like, I was always kind of a Marvel dude growing up. I read a little bit of DC and had a few books or whatever, but if you gave me a choice, I would have said it was Marvel but I didn't go around like hating on anybody who was a big Batman fan. Like them being a Batman fan did nothing to me being a, I don't know, X-Men fan. Like, it's weird to just be mad about that. Like, I just don't understand. Like we have to cut it out. Like, again, it comes back to a thing of because I don't like a thing doesn't mean it's trash. (laughs) And just because I like it doesn't make it perfect either. Like we have to be okay with this. Like it's just yeah. I mean, we we grew up in a time when it wasn't like it is now, and it's essentially cool to be a nerd now. That was not the the experience we had growing up for the most part. So yet, what do we do? We grow up and and we break off into our own cliques and jump on other people for liking a different thing, which is in so many cases the way we were treated for liking Star Trek, Star Wars, comic books, whatever. You know what? It, it's the, oh, so do you, do you like pineapple on pizza? And I'm like, why are you even asking me that? 
Like, I've literally had people bring that up and just ask me randomly. And I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? Like, whether I say yes or no has nothing to do with anything else about my character. But you will see people, like, if you say yes, we'll just flip out. And I'm like, but you don't have to eat their pizza. Right? Like, like, why are we even mad about this? Like, do you know all the foods that exist in the world that you would probably not want to eat? Hell, I still remember when I tried uh, Vegemite for the first time. I didn't understand at all why anybody would eat it. But it's super popular in Australia, and a bunch of people eat it. I'm not going to walk around and say you're crazy for eating it. I'll, I don't understand it, but I don't have to eat it. So keep on keeping on. It has nothing to do with me. Like, it's such a weird place to put yourself. And I don't understand why you would want to waste that kind of, I, I was going to say just energy, but even mental energy to be mad yeah. about it. Like, I don't, it's weird. And again, looking at a thing like Tuesday night, watching people argue or watching people recently argue over this whole casual or competitive commander or tournament commander or whatever. It's just like, what are we even bothering with? Hell, even now, Wizards is trying to bring standard back to some level of prominence. They're announcing these little things in different tournaments. And immediately people are going like, well, why does anybody want to play standard? Standard's dumb and blah, blah, Like, but you don't have to play it. <laughs> like, for the people that are interested and want to play it great they're bringing that back for them and ultimately that's going to lead to more packs being sold and the game's going to be healthier and your local stores are going to do better if standards a thing so even if you don't like it understand that they're also helping you by that being a thing but down talking it and trying to get to where less people would want to play it is actually also harming yourself in a way so I don't know, man. We just got to stop all this. It just, Great. it's just a mess. There's no reason. Just if it now, if it's a thing that is actually harming people, it's a thing that's, I don't know, taking money out of your community, whatever. Cool. Then we can have that discussion about the ill effects of certain things or whatever. But if you're just mad at somebody for liking pineapple on their pizza <laughs> or I don't know, like, you like their spaceships and their show are stupid compared to yours or whatever. Like, man, there's better things we could discuss and fight over. Seriously. But all right, Brian, we're in Turbury, where you can find you on the social media machine. All right. I am Brian Sionic on the Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And if you're going to any events this month, have fun, enjoy your time, meet lots of people, make lots of friends. And as always, wherever you are listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. Remember to be awesome, and most importantly, be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.